TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 535, and I'm be your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue and live in Hollywood. Hey, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. And this is Tom on spring break from Palm Beach Atlantic University in Hawaii. Oh! <laughs> All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we're going to... Uh, I have that... Ordinary Joe and the Big Big Leap neither will be returning for season two. They both have been canceled by the respective networks. Shocker! No, I, I was about to say, was anybody watching Ordinary Joe? I don't think so. Um, and then I'll let. Well, no, I got one more. Uh, Milo Vig Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's been sorry. on a hit show for six years. Lydia. I know. <laughs> I can never say his name. He will star and produce the ABC drama pilot, The Company You Keep. And then uh, Demi Lomato is exiting to star <laughs> in a comedy, NBC comedy called Hungry because of scheduling, but she will, ma- will remain as an EP, which I'm not sure. Did she create the show? I'm not sure about that. But anyway, I saw that. Um, Tom, what news do you have? Uh, ABC has announced that Skylar Aston, late of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, is joining Grey's Anatomy in a recurring role. Ugh. Amazon has cast uh, Walton Goggins in the Fallout series. They've also greenlit a new Phoebe Waller-Bridge comedy series. Robert Downey Jr. and Shane Black are going to reunite for Play Dirty, an adaptation of Donald E. Westlake's Parker series. And Lord of the Rings executive producer Callum Green has signed a first-look deal with, the, with Amazon Studios. Apple TV Plus has picked up Acapulco for Season 2 and After Party for Season 2 with Tiffany Haddish returning. They also ordered a series adaptation of Metropolis from Sam Ismail. And the limited series Manhunt has cast Anthony Boyle as John Wicks Booth and Lovey Simone as Mary Sims. And Michael Douglas is going to star as Benjamin Franklin in the limited series. Dude, he looks so much like his dad now, it's not funny. He's um, always looked like his dad. I yeah, was one of those people. He he's totally gray now. Yeah, um, I know, but I used to watch his dad when I was a kid in old movies. So then when he showed up, I was like, holy crap. So, yes, he's always looked like his dad. Um, Cedric the Entertainer and Tashina Arnold will bring their neighborhood characters to Bob Hart's Abishola on March 14th. Matt Barr is going to play Hoyt Rollins, the ancestor of his Walker character, in the Walker Independence pilot, which is a prequel. Oh, I wonder if they were inspired Lord. by 1883. Um, Disney Plus, Libya won the bet. Disney, the Netflix Marvel shows will debut March 16th with new parental control. Yeah, like what kid hasn't outsmarted their parents? <laughs> I was like, who wants to watch this with parental control? No one. They're just going to watch it. It's bloody, but it's awesome. Um, and they're also going to introduce an ad-supported subscription plan later this year. HBO announced that Euphoria is now the second most watched HBO series ever after Game of Thrones. Nice. Um, Hulu is going to start having, is going to make American Crime Story, American Horror Story, and Pose, past and future seasons, available for streaming. John DiMaggio, Bender, has signed on for the Futurama revival. Charles Dance from Game of Thrones has been cast as James Wilde in Washington Black. NBC has terminated their Hulu deal for current season shows, oh, which, no. will only, which will stream on Peacock. Oh, no. And that was predictable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Nobody's watched Peacock. I was about uh, to say, I don't, have, I, mean, I don't watch Peacock, and all my NBC shows are going to go away. Boo. Well, but you can, Peacock's, you can get the free version. Uh, uh, but then that means you got to watch commercials. Still boo, but yeah. continue. Well, you can pay to not watch commercials. Yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. And for some ungodly reason, they picked up Blacklist for season 10. Oh, God. 
shoot that, that dog die. and put it out of its misery. Oh, seriously, <laughs> that's so bad. It's so I am I am watching. I mean, I love James Spader. That's why I'm still watching this thing. But I am I am so desperately hate watching this show. Oh, <laughs> um, it's awful. Rufus Sewell and Ali Ahn are joining Kerry Russell in The Diplomat. They can't canceled another life after two seasons. I don't see how they gave that a second season. That yeah, it was, was bad. So First bad. season was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, they've signed Lindsay Lohan for two movies, and Jordan Fisher and Talia Ryder will star in the rom com "Hello Goodbye" and everything in between from the producers of "To All the Boys I've Loved Before" series. Uh, Paramount Plus Shocker, eighteen eighty three, which was picked up for more episodes. Taylor Sheridan, who created the show, said it was always planned as a limited series. And if you've seen the ending of it, you'll know why. Um, the Pitch Peacock series adaptation of Peacock has added Jamila Jamil from She-Hulk and Sarah Hyland from Modern Family. Twisted Metal series has been ordered with Anthony Mackie. Uh, Spectrum has ordered the dramedy Panhandle with Luke Kirby and Tiana Okoye. And Stars has announced that Hightown Season 3, never heard of it, has been picked up for season... Or, Hightown's been picked up for season three, and Verizon's got a new box that's going to put all the streaming services together, and they're partnered with a bunch of them. So who needs a unique box for streaming these days? That's what I want to know. I was about to say, that's my (laughs) Apple TV. I don't know what to have. That just seems weird, but I guess people who don't like Apple. And that's the news. Or Roku. But anyway. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve, and this is the final season and I do have to say, I mean, they dropped two episodes, so it's the first two. I have to say, it's a weird... If you watch season three, it ends in a kind of good place for Villeneuve and um, Eve. It seems like they went off into the sunset together. And then the new season starts off, and she's got some job that I was confused what her job was for a while. And so they explicitly tell you what she's doing, and then Villeneuve is off becoming born again. I was really confused by the beginning of the season. I did not understand what was happening. Um, And I didn't understand why it was happening. But what I will say is that Eve has basically become Villeneuve. Like, she's... Or she's channeling her in some weird, bizarre way. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the beginning of the season. I'm excited where it's going, but it almost felt like Season three was supposed to be the end, and then they were like, oh, what do we got to do? Oh, let's reset. So what do you guys think? Well, I only saw the first episode because that's the only one that is actually on broadcast. I think you have to go to their their streaming site in order to see the second Yeah, because I, I was oh, on my Apple TV. It, it had it or whatever. Yeah, so I think most people really probably have only seen the episode one at oh. this point. Um, because they, like I said, you have to go. They said at the very end, it says, if you want to see the second episode, go to our streaming service, which I don't subscribe to. So I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was confused too. And I'm like, you know, wait, did I miss? Was there like a, a special episode that I missed somewhere? Yeah, it along felt the way? really weird. It was like, and, one, it's unclear how much time has gone by. Why does she have this new job? Who's this partner? What? Like, there was just so many. They just kind of start you off in the middle. Yeah, I have the feeling that, you know, they're going, they're they're putting us, they're like dropping us in the middle here. And they're going to eventually, like, look backward, whether it's an actual flashback episode or just feed you the information. What happened in between to get to this point? Because it does feel like we missed something key. And, um, you know, when, when, when we actually get thrown into the middle of this, suddenly we've got Eve, who's, who's like you said, channeling Villanelle, going after the 12. And right. she, is, she is like 100% going to kill all of them, though for some reason doesn't, doesn't kill. Um... Oh, now I'm blanking on his name. Well, he's uh, technically not one of the 12. He worked for them. He's not yes, one of them. Yes, but you'd, you'd figure she's, you know, on a tear getting everybody that, you know, he'd be on her list. And well, I feel like... excuse me. Uh, yeah, yes. Constantine. But I uh, feel like Constantine belongs to Villana. No. So... Sort if, of, but... If, yeah, if he, she killed her, that would kind of be crossing a line. 
Yeah. So in any case, and and also it the show would be less interesting, which is more yeah, because Constantine's so, awesome. Yes, that's true. Exactly. So he's there. She's not going to kill him, but she's she's determined to to get the twelve, and we we need to find out why. And meantime, Villanelle is trying to become a better person, typically very badly. Yes. Uh, I mean this she this really sucks never sucks at this. It never goes <laughs> under the surface whatsoever. It's you know the thing that the the only thing I hated in this episode was as soon as they showed they had a cat, I was like, no! Yeah, that cat. To be fair, to be fair, it was an accident. It, it was, was an it's accident. Still, it's, it goes to that trope of, you know, in a show like this, as soon as they show a cat, they're, they're there for only one reason. And I was like, I was counting down the seconds and going, oh, God, no. So I kind of hated that because it's, you know, first of all, I don't like seeing that kind of thing anyway. But also it's just a horrible overused trope. Um, it's it's an easy way to show that someone is, is really, de- you know, evil underneath. Yeah, and... but I felt like it wasn't for her because she genuinely was trying to play with the cat. The cat scratched her. She startled and jumped and the cat like hit its head and died. So it wasn't like well, she no, went she and strangled the cat's head off, but she was acting on her own. No, 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 she didn't rip the cat's head off. She tossed the cat and it hit the wall. That's not what it it looked like what was left of it hit the wall. No, um, well we we I mean, someone we go, go watch the film, it, but, but yeah, it, but it it, it was just... it she was startled is is yes. how they played I, it. I, which I realized, but you know, I mean it's she certainly wasn't startled by the end when she tried to drown her brand new friend. <laughs> um, yes. yes. Yeah, it's like that was okay. But that was such um, a weird thing. The girl like liked her and tries to kiss her and then she's like, "No, I'd rather drown you." Like <laughs> what? What was that? Well, that was basically Villanelle being Villanelle. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's she's she's never going to change her stripes, um, but she's going to try. And I I just think it's it's the thing that it, that that just cracked me up so much was when she she has this kind of hallucinatory experience at the end, meeting, uh, I guess Jesus, but played by her, <laughs> her her cross dressing Jesus, yes, <laughs> which is like of. Of course that's how Villanelle would picture like God or whatever. That's of course she would. So um, I mean, I, I guess based on, on the, the previews that they show, this is going to be her continuing imaginary friend following her around, which again is Who, by the way, gives her terrible advice. <laughs> of course. Terrible um, advice. So, uh, but you know, I, I, I just, I thought that the episode, other than the fact that yes, there, there are, definitely gaps which they need to fill in because you know the there were a lot of things happening that made me go what uh i i trust them to actually fill those gaps and aside from that the the episode was great it was entertaining i yeah. and, and they got me but it's, it's the whole thing where they can't have eve and villanelle villanelle in the same location for very long they have to like they have to like feels like they have to ration it, but I kind of would have liked to see them together for the last season instead oh, of doing we, what we they might always by do. The end. They might by the end. Yeah, well, they always do this by the end. I would have loved to see the whole season of them working together to take down the twelve. That would have been great. But no, they got to come up with actually... all of this to not do that. It's just annoying. But we that we may have eventually get to that point is the thing. But we we. You know, whatever it is that split them up, we're going to have to learn what that is now. And I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Mm. I was okay with them being apart at the beginning, but because they ended season three with them together, I'm really annoyed. That's all. Um, I just love those characters together, and the more time they spend apart, it's like me marking time for when they are back together. So, anyway. But I do admit that I did love the whole Jesus version of her. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Endgame. And that is a TV show on NBC, I believe. And um, it's also a female duo. And I think when I talked to Peter about it, he was very much like, it's like Killing Eve. And I was like, eh, it's not like Killing Eve. <laughs> because... <laughs> because uh, 
the cop person is not as crazy as Eve was, and um, well, I suppose the the crime boss. I don't feel like she's a sociopath. Well, I don't know. She doesn't seem as crazy as Villanelle. So, Peter, uh, what did you think of the show? Well, I think it's. I guess to me, I I when I said that, I was saying as like. NBC pitching it as a more chaste version of like a Killing Eve pairing in a blacklist structure or whatever. Yeah, Cause, okay. Because I'm not watching it thinking they're going to like, are they going to sleep together? Like, is this a relationship? Like, no, no, it's not. It's not that. You know, like, I, I don't see that part. Um, it's very I like, blacklisty, I, I, I think. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What, Allison? I, I think it's very blacklisty. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's totally blacklist. Blacklist is a show I only watched maybe the first season. Um, the biggest debit that this show doesn't have is that Blacklist had James Spader so that no matter how networky or kind of like formulaic the show was, Spader's just, you know, he's a, he's an interesting actor and stuff. Um, however, I have to say, um, the actress from Homeland and um, Firefly, is it Marina? Is that her yeah. name? Marina yeah. Bakarin, yeah. Actually, I think, this might be the best thing I've seen her in where I was like, oh, she's really having fun, like being this kind of like overly dramatic, big, big you know, biggest character in the room type type of person. Um, and I actually am enjoying her performance in it. I'm not saying that she's making the best. I'm not saying she's making choices maybe as compelling as maybe a spader, but I think she's pretty good. And the other actress, sorry, I don't know her name either. Uh, I like her also. I thought that the, yeah, I thought the opening um, with the banks and everything, it moves really well. I think Justin Lin directed it. My only issue is I'm assuming this is a, I'm assuming this is a. Mid-season uh, replacement. Mid-season. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is not 22 episodes. It's probably like 10 or 12. My only thing that I'm wondering that I think sometimes network shows have a problem with is that um, I, so the first two, I've seen the first two episodes and it's something like day three of like the bank heist and everything. And I am a little like, wait, is the bank heist the whole season? I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping that's like maybe I like. Really, I really more. doubt it because what's cool is that at the end or the middle of the second episode, you know, she keeps talking about how they're going to be partners. And when she says it first, you're like, yeah, right. But by the time she says it again, you're like, oh, wait, they're probably going to be partners. And so she's probably going to get out of that room. And I'm not saying that the banks are going to not be still hostage situation, but it's not going to be the focus. So like we yeah, might right, check, right. check in with them yeah, every well, once they, in a while. They didn't do, it wasn't a day one, day two kind of thing. What they were doing was it was bank one through bank No, no, no. Seven. In episode two. And I think two, that was more so. No, no, no. In episode. Every time they cut over to it. Well, I haven't seen. Yeah, I know. Two. I'm just saying in the second episode, it's more about the days. Yeah. So it's different. Okay. Yeah, but in in episode one, they were just keeping the bank straight. So when they flashed right. it, they could say, "Okay, you're in bank one, you're in right. bank three, or yeah." That yeah, was, they did the, they did something similar. But then, like I said, because you're in episode two, now they're trying to show that they've been in the banks for a while. And uh, I did. I mean, the only thing that I thought was overly cheesy was that uh, SOS, not SOS, but the Morse code message that her husband was sending her over the... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, really? Come on. Like, that just seemed a little extra. Um, but the rest of it, I really like that she does command the room, and I like the person... In the first episode, she takes down the first guy who's just a little corrupt. But in the, uh, in the second episode, the woman she takes down is truly a bad guy. Like, she is 100% working with a cartel. And you're just like... And she's all arrogant. She's like, oh, I'll just resign like the other guy resigned. And they're like, they look at her and they're like, no, you're under arrest. And I thought that was that was awesome that she took those guys down. That was pretty cool. I, I like how smart she is. And I like how the, ba- like, oh, I can't remember the, the, the FBI agent. At least the two of them are working. They're playing the same game. And it's the other people who are playing something else like they don't understand what's going on uh so that that all of that has been pretty entertaining for me so i'm thoroughly enjoying the show at the moment and i, I can't wait to see where it goes next all right uh next up we're going to talk about 
the dropout, and I'm going to let Peter lead this discussion as well because he's the one that convinced me to watch it. And I, 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 I only want to talk about the first two because those the I've only watched the first two. I think that um, we're, what we're seeing here with the dropout, soon Apple's We Crashed, and I think also Showtime's Super Pumped, which is about uh, Uber. Um, one, we are seeing shows about sort of the rise and fall of like tech industry people um, who, you know, conned a lot of money. Um, but I think we're also seeing basically Hollywood get wise to the popularity of uh, podcasts because these are all based on podcasts. So I had listened to the Dropout podcast two years ago. And I thought it was an interesting story about Elizabeth Holmes and her wanting to make this, uh, you would only have to take a drop of blood that it could be used everywhere, you know, and it would be so much easier for patients and, and uh, um, siding with, yeah, with new technology. Um, I liked, I watched the first three, but yeah, the first two, uh, I thought were pretty solid. I think Amanda Seyfried does a good jo- job of like presenting a person that we know is ultimately pretty pretty terrible who you know ends up like uh lying about her about the results and stuff right but they do a good job also of like one i think that she genuinely does want to make this product work yes but not for altruistic reasons perhaps oh perhaps and i think that's what makes her yeah absolutely her whole thing is she wants to be steve Jobs. she wants to be a billionaire she wants to invent something that changes the world. She wants that more than the actual product. Right, I would agree. Um, and I like the other thing I like is I is that um, unlike Super Pumped, which doesn't really deal with the technical aspect of what that was like to create an app that became a rideshare service. I like that we are not just with Elizabeth Holmes; we're also with her team, and the team. I they they genuinely trying to make this yes, thing happen. Yes, absolutely. They're, they yeah, are yeah. they are in it for the work. They're in right, it for, for yeah. The they're they're all absolutely altruistic, and they want this to work to help people. Yeah, right. And, and I I liked that. I think that that was interesting. It's it's funny because um, off podcast, and I'm sure Tom can get in here. Um, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Succession, um, but there's no doubt when I watch Succession, I'm watching a show about terrible people white people behaving badly a broken terrible family and one of the things i don't like about succession even though it's such a good show is they barely talk about the actual business because so much of it is actually about the scheming of the family members i want to stay on topic i know but what i so going back to dropout i i appreciate when a show is about some kind of company and we spend a lot of time with the ins and outs of that company. So we right. do with this. We are seeing medically like what they're trying to do. So right. I'm, I'm liking it so far. I'm not. I, yeah. I do too. I mean, I'm and, and they're trying to make her human. And I really like her relationship yeah. with her boyfriend, who for some reason she has to keep a secret. Is she keeping him a secret because she's so the age difference well, is so I huge? The age difference because I looked it up and it I is kind of creepy. Yeah, they're almost like thirty years apart. And like, also, he totally started pursuing her. When she was a she's freshman like in college, yeah, she's a she's eighteen or nineteen. She's, she's nineteen. Yeah. She's that nineteen when so... she calls him on it. When she's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Why are you chasing?" He's like, "She's like, I'm nineteen years old." Um, and I mean, so... granted, this is an this is this is before our current era. However, if something like that happened now, he would be so fired. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that he's. They weren't working in the same company at all when they first no, I'm, meet. I'm talking about, but but. But a professor and a student? Oh, he wasn't a professor. He was not her professor at all. He was actually like the – they meet in a, a exchange program, and he's also in the exchange program because he wants to learn Mandarin. So he has no authority over her at all. He's one of the does students. It, does not matter. I'm just, <laughs> the, I'm just saying he it, is it, not in, a teacher. No, in, in today's political climate, it would not matter that, that he has no direct control over her because – People are being really, I mean, look what people are getting canceled. I hate the term canceled because a lot of people like, you know, who, who've been quote unquote canceled deserve it. But I just found it, I mean, the fact that she calls him on it and then by the end of episode 
by the middle of episode two, she seems to be okay with it. I just cut. Well, she it, calls it just... she calls him on it because she had just been assaulted, and right. she was in a really bad place, and nobody believed her. And I think she called him on it because her mom she did. Could, I know her mom did, but I'm just saying she was questioning everything. She was questioning everything. She was like, why are you doing this? But then when she needed a shoulder to cry on, she calls him. So yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that their relationship is healthy at all because oh, he no, was being not. super weird. No. Yeah, he I was mean, being I... super weird. I'm not disagreeing with that. What, no, Tom, this... I, I, I think we can chalk up. Look, clearly they really did have a relationship for years and stuff. I guess we just, you know. When you're, it sounded like Tom. You're saying, "Oh, well, look, this happened." He, she called him on. It. I'm like, "Yeah, but one, no, she's if, 19. Uh, I, I'm saying, if this if people, this happened today, it doesn't matter what the reporting relationship or. It, they weren't in the be, same company at all. They had no extra. It, they're all their entire relationship was personal. There was absolutely nothing going on between them that had anything to do with business at all. It wasn't until, like, the episode I'm on right now, they have no business. I know later they end up becoming business partners. Right, later they do. The right. Later they do, but they were already sleeping together. So it's kind of like, it. yeah, I, I don't, other than the inappropriateness of their age, and she introduces him to her parents, so it's not like mm-hmm. her parents don't know what's going on. Oh, that's uh, true. She does introduce him to the parents. Yeah. I forgot. Though the most heartbreaking thing is when the dad has the heart attack, and then he's like, why are you here? You should be at work. And I was like, what? Like, when he says that to her, oh, yeah, it yeah, was that so was gutting. That yeah. was so yeah. gutting. I I was just like, holy crap. I loved I loved the scene with Laurie Metcalf because when she – remember, she has an original idea about – I think it's a patch, right? Right, right. And Laurie Metcalf is supposed to be obviously someone who's more experienced. Like, a, She's also a professor. And she's like, look, this idea doesn't work, and this comes from somebody who's never been with sick people. And right. it's a real good shock to the system for her. She's like, you don't really know what you're talking about. You're 19, be 19 or whatever. That right. seems great. You know, oh, yeah. like, I, again, that's the kind of stuff that I was like, ah, this is pretty compelling. Like, um, so yeah. So, so I, yeah, like, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not sure I'm going to, eh, I might keep watching. It's only six episodes. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> All right. like, it's not 10 episodes. Or that's anything. true. That's, that's true. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. But Next, it was good. Yes. I, I did enjoy it. I will say that. Yes. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Superman and Lois, and this episode was holy crap! Like they the because re- I was wondering why they took Lois's dad out of command and made him just because at first I thought he left the show, but then he's like hanging out and golfing and coaching the guys, so I was like, no, they don't want to lose the actor. And then now you understand why they wanted some rando guy to be in charge of the military so that he could do what he just did, which was uh, arrest Superman, knock him out, and put him in a Krypton cell. Because, Red Sun. Yeah, so he was like, you're not coop- you need to be loyal to the United States, and you're not cooperating with us. And I was like, what the... So who's going to save the old ladies from from avalanches if you have Superman locked up? Anyway, I don't see where this ends in a good way at all. Like, unless you're planning on brainwashing him, you're eventually going to have to let Superman out. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Tom, what'd you think? No, I thought it was a decent episode. I could, I could deal... Boy, I really wish that the um the the Lana's family drama, it's just like smoothville. Oh, I know. It's the, like, oh my the, god, you the, cheated on your wife. Who cares? The stuff with Clark's family I thought was interesting. And oh, the whole yeah. thing with what Bizarro needs to do. But also with, uh, I like Allie. the fact that uh Jonathan is taking that drug and how it's affecting him. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. That's all good. Um, yeah, just the whole thing with the craning, with uh, not with what the Cushing family. Is yeah, like, nobody cares uh, about that. Yeah, nobody cares about that. You know that that thing taking Superman hostage is going to blow up in the general. Oh, space. absolutely, absolutely. So it's just like, dude, why are you even trying? Cause... Yeah, because I'm like, what's the end of this? Like, I don't see what he thinks is gonna happen. He's like, we're gonna hold him until he cooperates. I was like, have you met Superman? Like. He's stubborn. And why would he know? 
He's not going to tell you where his fortune of solitude is. Why would he do that after you've now shown that you're willing to arrest him and do this? No. Like... He, they've made an enemy of Superman. And what's what doesn't make sense is the dressing down that the general got at the beginning was telling him that he needs to figure out a way to cooperate with Superman. And then the very next thing he does is call a, presumably a similar, the same person or somebody else asking for permission to arrest him. I was like, that's well, no, counter but- to your orders. He made it sound like he was going to take, you know, find a way to arrest Bizarro. And... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't so make no, any I, sense. I, th- I thought it was a solid episode. Oh yeah, it was good because now I want to see Cri- Superman uh, be Cri- crap out of this guy. subplot notwithstanding. Oh yeah, I just I literally just fast forward whenever I see them. Like that's <laughs> that's the easy way to do it because I don't care if their family breaks up, if they stay together, if she makes him move out of the house. I don't care about any of that. And I've never. And then I was like, is she still running for mayor? Like, technically, she's still running for mayor, right? I think so. Yeah, so it's like they've lost interest in their own plots with her because they can't remember what's going on. So, whatever. Um, The storyline with Lois's sister is actually starting to kind of get good because it's linking in with the Bizarro stuff. Yes. So that that's actually okay because at first I was like, where is this going? But I'm liking it. All right, let's move on. Uh, thumbs up, Superman. Next up, we're going to talk Gilded Age. And when I say we, uh, Allison and yep. whoever, whoever else watched Gilded Age. Am I the only one who's still watching that? I thought Peter was doing that too. You know, here here's the irony, Allison. Uh, I watched the first three episodes of Gilded Age and I was mm-hmm. liking it. And then I listened to you talk about Dotton Abbey and my mom talk about Downton Abbey. So now oh, I'm watching no. Downton Abbey. <laughs> no. so I'm, on, I'm at the third season finale of Downton Abbey, which is where I bailed the last time. Um, but I do want to get back to Gilded Age. But now I'm like, ah, let me just like finish this up a little. Like so. Um, anyways, but actually, just curious. I mean, no spoilers, but um, I know you didn't like Gilded Age as much as I did, and then you were like, ah, it's getting a little better and stuff. So like, are you still liking it? Um, I I'm liking it more i think it's still a problematic show it still hasn't really found its footing um i i I think you know i I was reading actually one review of it where people were saying julian fellows is writing this pretty much the same way he writes everything which is you know as as someone who's familiar with the british aristocracy and not someone who's familiar with the the american uh, version of the same thing there and certainly not the this this historical period in america he has he's really doesn't have a sense of what was going on and what was important what the social issues were at the time um and and that is very true the, he he just knows to repeat the kind of the same stuff that he he did before but with american accents and that just doesn't work because he's missing so much of what of what was part of this period and what made it uh, an interesting period of time to actually delve into. And he, he only just knows how to keep repeating the same stuff, you know, so we're just watching a lot of ladies having tea and, you know, throwing charitable functions and occasionally stuff now about, about the, um, the husband taking over the, 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 the um, rail industry and having issues with that. And while some of the stuff and and the interactions are becoming more interesting to watch, um, so it is becoming more watchable. You know, it is becoming more interesting in that sense. I'm I'm getting to know the characters more, so I'm more invested in what they do. I think there is this show has still got a ways to go before it really understands the period of time that it's set in and the characters the and what their issues would be. So, you know, there's there's like things that happened in, in the last episode that were really fun to watch. Uh, they brought in Nathan Lane as oh, a, an actual cool. historical character. Um, what's interesting, he's he, the character that he plays. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of him, but he's an he's an architect. He's uh, excuse me. No, he's a, a society uh, figure. Who uh, was like the, the confidant of Mrs. Astor. 
and um, he's he he does this this southern drawl, which is hilarious when he he speaks, and he's like testing out Mrs. Russell to see if she's if she meets the grade, and and you know in order to be recommended to Mrs. Astor as part of society. So everything Mrs. Russell has to do to impress this guy. Um, you know, it, it all hinges on on minutia, like how the table is set, and and do they have an English butler, and do they have this and that, and they actually bring over the butler um, from the Van Rins across the street, kind of on the sly, because they need to do an English service. So he comes in to advise on that, and Mrs. Russell just completely dismisses her own butler, Church, and and says. Uh, well, I. What would you do if I paid you a hundred dollars to, which which was the equivalent of probably about twenty five hundred dollars in today's money, uh, to just serve lunch? And his eyes get big, and he he decides to sneak out on his own and uh, serve serve lunch so they can impress this guy. And that that involves you know pr- pretending to um, to the Van Rins that that's not what he's doing because they would. Um, the uh, Christine Baranski's character would lose her mind if she thought that he was going across the street to help in any fashion, and all of all of that, just the 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 whole thing with the luncheon and how she finds out anyway and storms across the street and then oh, realizes no. that she's embarrassed herself in front of a whole crowd of people. Um, it was it, it was it was a, a hilarious and great scene and oh, stuff cool. like that actually works. You know, I mean, I thought all of that was brilliant. The the things with with the um, the train derailment that they're doing now and who was responsible for it, the intrigue that's going on with that. That's all interesting. So I think the elements of uh, a really good show are here. I just think that he needs the, the, the you know fellows and his his writing team need to get a better handle on the the specificity of the period he's talking about and and the social issues uh that were going on at the time because it was very complex and it leads directly into what would happen later in the 20th century and well, where we, we are now yeah we need to wrap this one up so yeah. I, I guess we'll so thumbs sideways ish I, I, it's it's more up it's okay it's, it's still it's it's like you know maybe 45 degree angle <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on uh next up we're gonna talk about resident alien which we haven't talked about i think since it premiered this season or maybe we talked about it once but we haven't talked about it as much because i keep forgetting about it i mean it's fun it's a fun show and I'm enjoying it while I watch it, and then ten minutes later, I forgot that I watched it. So is that popcorn? <laughs> is that is that the equivalent of that? But um, I was really enjoying Nathan Fillion's guest star, and then he died horribly <laughs> this week's episode. <laughs> and when I say die horribly, I mean die horribly. Yes. Um, it was delicious, in, wait, apparently. Wait a minute. He's in both The Gilded Age and Na- Resident Alien? No, Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion, not Nathan Lane. Oh. <laughs> Different <laughs> Nathan. Different Nathans. Uh, yeah. yeah, two Nathans. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. So Nathan Fillion was playing the octopus uh, all you know at the beginning of the season where he's like, cousin, cousin. And so they have all these hilarious little conversations. And this week, he, uh, the alien guy... Harry kidnaps a dog in exchange for one of his alien objects, but then he likes the dog, and the dog decide. I don't know how the dog got the octopus out of the tank. We won't get into that. But then the dog shook it until the end of its life, and then Harry ate him. Oh, sad. Though they did have a. He did give him cooking instructions. Yes, he did (laughs) say he was like. My last request is that you eat me with a good Chardonnay and blah, blah, blah. And so you, we see him do that. And they had like this sad montage and memories that they had together. And then it ends with him eating him, which I was like, that's kind of disturbing. Um, but it was still funny. Uh, so who do you think is going to be, who is it, the the gargantuan? Who is it, the, the artist, the Goliath? That's what uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now that they've gone to New York, 
and they're looking for the alien Goliath. At first, I thought it was just the woman. I was like, oh, it's her. But then she was like, how did, long did you know that Harry was an alien? And I was like, oh. And apparently him and LSD don't mix. I don't know why he thought taking LSD would be a good idea. But to be fair, he probably doesn't know what LSD is. So, wow. That was crazy. Um, no, I, I liked everything about... Well, no, I will say I like most things about this episode. I think that they have a tendency... And, and we spoke about this when we were talking about the, the uh, first episode this season. To get into the... They get sidetracked with the townspeople. Oh, and my their God. It's like, super, it's like the Superman storyline with the, that family. Is anything dealing with the mayor? Shoot me now. I actually didn't mind his stuff so much because it was fairly brief. What drove me crazy was the the bit with the sheriff and the deputy. Oh, I like that. I had the opposite. Normally, reaction. I like. Normally, I do like them. What I didn't like was that they they are so determined apparently to to give more depth to the sheriff. Right. That they're doing just this huge dump onto his character it's like let's get to know him his entire life right, right now, now. <laughs> and, yes. and i i just i don't care that much i'm sorry if you give it to me in little tiny doses that's great stop the entire show dead in its tracks for 15 minutes well, to to you know talk about his his, his sad, ex-partner sad and all that stuff i oh my god i i almost fast forwarded through it i was getting so I, I did fast forward through the mayor stuff because uh you know he kisses the woman and then he feels bad well she kissed him and so he feels bad about it and so they've had a conversation, and so instead of going about their business, they decide to spend the entire day together. I was like, that's a terrible idea. And he takes her back to his house, and they're all laying on the bed. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, ugh, all of that was irritating. I just think that uh, the whole thing with with the sheriff, not the sheriff, I had the opposite reaction. So if the mayor and his storyline and whatever's going on with him and trying to outthink the other town, I don't care about any of that stuff. If it doesn't have Harry in it, honestly, I don't care. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, so very, it's a fun, the show is fun. So overall, this is it's a, a very, lot of fun. Yeah, it's a very fun episode. And I like the end. He's in Times Square. He's, he's bombed out of his mind. And because of that, he can't keep his camouflage. But to be fair, he's in Times Square in New York City, so look, so looking like an alien isn't that strange. No, nobody will pay any attention. It, exactly. All. all right. If, uh, if anything, they think he's just you know some attraction. Yeah, they'll put give him money. All right. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about After Party, and this we're going to talk about the finale, and they finally reveal the killer in a couple of phases. Who else saw this? I did. I saw it. Okay, so Allison's prediction. Was that he jumped off? Uh, Xavier jumped off and killed himself. Yeah, I was that, wrong. That was incorrect. Tom, did you have a prediction? I kind of thought it might. I kind of thought it might be Ben Schwartz, just because he wasn't given enough attention. He wasn't given enough attention, and because he had the biggest motive. Well, I thought so too. I thought that the Walt guy was a was a red herring because oh, definitely. Because they were like, he's the guy that nobody notices. He's invisible. And I was like, ah, he's too obvious. And so it was between him and Swartz for me as well. So I have to say, when they finally do the big reveal, I wasn't as impressed because I kind of guessed that on my own. But I did enjoy the performance of, Seth, of, of Had Tiffany Haddish when she like brings everybody together and and does the big Columbo moment, I thought that was a lot of fun. I loved the whole thing where the you know the conceit was it's, it was the little girl's turn. Oh right, her story, and her and version she had this was very great. fantastical, kitty friendly version of what happened. <laughs> yeah. So I liked I liked the stylized ways they played with that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Good. I love how Walt was a Muppet in that version. <laughs> oh yes, and there were and there were random Muppets in the background. Yes, <laughs> the party. Yeah, her version of reality was fantastic. And then I liked that she was like, if I wear a, a blonde wig, my dad won't recognize me. And I was like, mm -hmm, okay, that's five-year-old logic. I love it. 
Well, how, how many times have adults tried that on TV shows as well? <laughs> I know, but the problem is she's, she's the only five-year-old at the party. So that was like... Um, and just her going nuts with the candy at the table and stuffing her mouth with gummy worms. And then I love the fact that every adult had her voice. She was doing everyone's voice. Uh-huh. So it was so funny. It was actually pretty funny. So I I enjoyed the episode. I did enjoy the reveal. But they don't get bonus points for uh, having a killer I didn't think of, if that makes sense. Well, or having, you know, a, having that, a resolution that I didn't think of. When you basically do a locked room mystery, you, you, it really needs to be somebody in the, in room. the room, obviously. Right, right. And... You know, they they didn't have a butler, so. <laughs> so there you are. True, it was, but it was he was suspiciously there the whole time. He was always the guy that was like, well, we knew why Anik was doing it because it was his point of view, mm-hmm. but his his interest in the whole thing seemed suspicious, I suppose. Yep. All right. Uh, so, but overall, I'd still say thumbs up. I enjoyed After Party. It was a lot of fun for me. It was fun. I think it, it got a little draggy at the end. It, it was, was like a little, a little longer than it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. like two episodes longer. Yeah, yeah, I think some episodes weren't as as well done as others. But um, overall, it was it was it was just fun. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, and we're coming up on the end of the season. Um, I, I'm of two minds. Like the show slowed down in the middle. It had a really saggy middle with the whole, uh, book being the bad guy and Michael like, Oh no, I have to stop book. Oh my. Like they gave that so much weight that I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, and then when you, then they had an episode where we do a flashback for the billionaire inventor guy and he was a slave, and his life was so this, and this is why he's so motivated. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, in the moment, I understand his guilt. I get why he wants to find his friend. I totally understand that. He wants to be with his boyfriend again. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's where they were going with that, but I was that's like... That's pretty much what it looked like to me. I was like, are they going there? Uh, but, I mean, my problem is... He's telling Book, well, I know you love Michael, but you're going to have to make sacrifices. And I was like, isn't your entire point? Like, Book is legitimately trying to save the universe. You know, he thinks that stopping this will save everyone. This dude is just trying to get to his friend slash boyfriend, but he has the gall to tell Book that he needs to sacrifice Michael. I was like, "Mm, pot kettle, dude? Like... Like it's like the more they reveal about his story, it's supposed to humanize him, but it actually made me find him more annoying. He's more douchey. Yeah, exactly. So his motivation is so small in compared to what everyone else is doing. Everybody else is literally trying to save the universe. He his motivation is by far the most selfish. And so I find him less interesting and less compelling the more they tell us about him. Which I don't feel like they thought that through. Um, let's let's go ahead to this week's episode, which I ahead. thought was a pretty good science fiction yarn, okay. just in terms of uh, them, you know, they, communicating. They, yeah, trying to c- communicate with species ten C, and then being overwhelmed with these emotions because of these little dust thingies or whatever. Uh, yeah, fair, uh, they basically say they're pheromones later pheromones, on. But yeah. yeah, but. I just thought it was a pretty good. You know, that felt more Star Trek, classic Star right. Trek than some of the stuff they've been doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then why do we have to pause for everyone to break down their emotions? Like, what is going on? Like, dudes. Like, it's fine. Like you said, this episode was good because we were doing that. But then Michael had to stop and talk to somebody. Like, to be fair, they do that in every one of these episodes. It's, 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 so, it's just it's the, aggravating. the attack of the monologues. Oh it's my god! Just, and and they keep emphasizing too that they are really on the clock here. They are running I out know, of time, right? And yet they all have time <laughs> to just slow down and stare at each other and talk about their feelings. And it's like, oh my god, please stop! Just stop. the only the only I am kind of I, I am definitely shipping the the um 
the president right and, or, yeah and uh doug doug jones yeah and saru, saru. yeah that i am 100 everybody else i'm yeah. not yeah i agree i'm 100 percent behind this saru romance i want to see where this is going i because it came for me it was so unexpected i was like that's a weird pairing Wait, so michael's not with the guy with the cat anymore Oh, good lord. I like Peter, the cat guy. His, like, his name uh, is Book. His well, name is Book, the and there's back. a whole season all about their relationship. <laughs> if you want to know about their relationship, this is the season for it, because, oh, my God. <laughs> you, just you, said spend you, a... you said she was through. No, no, no. The Romulan president, president. is now Nivar. with... Yeah. Nivar. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Right. It's the Vulcan. Merged Romulan yeah, Vulcan yeah. homeworld. Yeah, so she, he's, he's with... Saru and it's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. I love it. Um, he's terrible at relationships. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, and it seems like she that. doesn't know what she's doing. So it's awesome. Um, but yeah, Michael and Book is the cat guy, by the way. Uh, yeah, their relationship kind of got blown up over philosophical reasons. How about that? And his home planet getting blown up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, watch Discovery, dude. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard, and uh, I had to. It was so funny. Peter watched Picard and had all these questions. I was like, "Dude, have you not seen Best of Both Worlds?" And he's like, "No." And so we, I made him sit and watch Best. Of, I watched it with him. We watched Best of Both Worlds. Did you watch Home? No, we we haven't even watched Part Two yet. We only watched Part One. Oh, make sure you watch Home after Part Two. Yes, it, it all the... goes together. Um, because what I really like, this is what season one of Picard should have been. This, where we actually go back into his backstory, find out about him as a child, um, really delve into who he is, as opposed to whatever we were doing last season. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because there have been, there have been, you know, some people don't deserve nice things because if you look at Star Trek fans, some people really like this episode. I watched it a second time with my friends here and they really dug it. But some people just have to complain about every single freaking thing. Oh, there's too much fan service. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, if you didn't <laughs> want the fact that the show exists is fan service because they did true. not have to resurrect the show based on, you know, a very popular but decades old science fiction program. And the fact that they actually went, you know, went out of their way to make sure this is not just a next generation revival. It's its own thing. But, yeah, I I think that the storyline and this granted, you had to introduce the characters in season one. But this season seems much more organic in terms of, you know, really digging into Picard's character for a variety of reasons. I mean, I thought it was. I'm not sure how I feel about everybody dumping on Jean-Luc for not having much of a personal life. Because it's not like we haven't known this. I know. I mean, in, the seven, in the seven years of the show, his most significant relationship was this on-again, off-again flirtation with Crusher. And they finally told you what that was about season seven. But um, I do think that there's more... I watched the after show with Will Wheaton and it... There, there are some things that we have not been privy to before. They're going to retcon some stuff from his. Yeah, past, I, I could tell. I, I could tell from the flashes that they did. I was like, oh, we didn't know that. Yeah, you can tell that's what they're doing. But yeah, I, I'm in. I mean, I, just in terms, I really like. Obviously, they're going to bring the band back together after splitting them apart and say, "Here's what everybody's been doing since the show was last on," and then this big threat is going to force them all back together. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fun mix of it's a fun mix of characters. Yeah, I like the crew. I just didn't like what they were doing last season. Uh, Peter, what did you think? Now that I was ragging on you about watching uh, Best of Both Worlds, I thought you know um, when I watched it, I thought the first two thirds were okay because it was kind of like you know it's it's resetting the state you know resetting the table for season two and stuff, and I was like, God, this is all right and everything. Um, but yes, I mean, when you get to the big ending, um, I was pretty much on board. Also, I I watched most of season one, and I and although I didn't watch Voyager, uh, I like Seven of Nine. I like this character, um, uh, played by Jerry Ryan. So I was happy when Picard started, 
and she's now in the cast. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. so she's a regular now. Like, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was I thought I, it was a, I, I have a question. Opening. After okay. you watched Best of Both Worlds, did it make you understand this episode a little better? Um, I don't well, know. You, well, actually, you I mean, know what? I, I you, mean, because remember, you, I, I've seen, I know who the Borg is. Yeah, and I, but I, and I just I realized mean, I, you so, didn't see the fallout from him being the Borg, so never mind. You can't answer that question. Yeah, so maybe yeah you what, haven't yeah. seen that no, yet. You haven't seen that yet, yet. so never um, mind. But I no no no. But I enjoyed it, and it ended in a way that I was like, okay. Also, I like I like Q. So I John was Delancey. Like, oh, Q. Like so. That- and this is the first time we've seen him since uh, All Good Things, at least with the TNG characters. Yeah. Wait, they've never brought oh with the TNG character. I like that he gave himself white hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had fun. a good they had a good explanation for why John Delancey playing a an immortal character has aged so much. The, <laughs> well, they did the same uh, thing with Whoopi Goldberg. They literally yeah, say almost the same thing. Older. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, right. She uh, has a th- yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. But both- um, I I don't know. I I didn't like it as much as you guys did. It, it. I mean, I'm interested. I'm still watching, but um, it just felt like you know when when you you try to start a car and it it just won't turn over and it's just it just keeps <laughs> revving and revving and and you think it's gonna start and then it's and then it just keeps revving. Adoratting. By the end, it finally got going. It finally turned over, but it's it just felt like it spent an entire hour trying to start and and failing over and over again. And it it, it I didn't think it needed as much as as it did. Um, you know, you said this. There's a lot of this is fan service, and that's what it felt like. Doing fan service is fine. If number one, you're going to do like just a little thing here and there, just a you know little Easter egg, so the fans can go, oh, that's cute. Um, or if you do it in such a way that it it feels narratively smooth, so it doesn't it doesn't scream fan service at you. Um, this just kept going on and on, giving you these little vignettes that was purely fan service and felt like it. It felt it felt like I was watching fan fiction, and. Um, and some characters I, I just I can't warm up to um, uh, the uh, Cristobal uh, Rios. Um, yeah, I don't like Rios. He's the only I one I don't like. I can't stand him. Yeah. And his idea of uh, his idea of a, uh, this is a character because I'm smoking a cigar is just I mean I'm d- not smoking a cigar. This <laughs> is just it's it drove, it drove me crazy. I need to yeah, have he's 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 the Certain Freudian yeah. issues. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but, the my I agree. But that's like the only thing. That's that's his character. That's how you can tell that that's who he is because he's got the cigar in his hand. And I'm sorry, but that's like what a kid, a guy does in in first in, in drama 101 in high school. You know, he, mm. he, he, I expect more from from a professional actor to be able to develop a character than just holding a cigar. And so that kind of drives drives me crazy. But you know, by the time it got to the end, when they finally. Uh, showed what what the season is really going to be about. You know, the, it's going to be something against the Borg, and I did really like the oh redesign. that weird Borg queen was creepy. That was fabulous. I yeah. loved that. That was that was very cool, especially when they came in really close to the face, and you could see like this clockwork mechanism going on. Um, I thought that that was beautifully designed. So that was great. And then you know, doing the time travel thing, which granted, Star Trek has done a billion times. But it, they yeah. usually do it in a way that's entertaining. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I I'm I have to say I'm one of those people who are not super crazy about Q, but it I do look forward to what they're going to do with the whole time travel thing and why. Yep. But I just I think I think it took a while to get there. All right. So overall thumbs up. So everybody here looks like we're going to keep watching. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Severance. And this was episode three and four, I believe. Um, And the only thing I can say about this show is the more I watch, the less I think I know what's going on. Um, So I still bother me at all. It it doesn't really. I mean, because I'm just like, what are they doing in this office? Like, what the heck is happening? I don't know what's going on. And they have they have a, a scene 
in um what is it the fourth episode where one of the guys he opens the door and he sees all these people working and i was like mm-hmm. what are they doing like no idea what's happening at work and i th- and, and and what's crazy is their entire concept of severance is you sever your home and your work so that you spend all your time concentrating on work and what do we get at the end of the episode four nobody is working like there was every one of the dudes in the cubicle is reading a book the woman is off hanging herself. The other dude is off doing something else. The other guy is spying. Like, nobody is working. So everybody's doing personal kind of, kind things. Of like real offices. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, everybody's doing personal things. And I was like, you guys have failed in your whole severance. And I have to say, the woman, oh, what is her name? She's playing the therapist. Um, oh, oh. Um, I can't think of her name. But she always plays an evil character. And I was like, well, she must be evil. Oh, oh, Dyke and Luckman. There you go. Yeah, That's her name. You. Well, from D- Dollhouse? She's not, oh, yeah. well, she wasn't evil in Dollhouse. That's true. But ever since Dollhouse, she's played like a bad guy. She's always yeah, a bad Agents guy. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then she was That's in true. Carbon. She was in Altered Carbon. Bad guy. Something else. Always a bad guy. So as soon as I saw her, I was like, well, bad guy. Well, uh, so she just looks sinister in this. So <laughs> you know. know. So what did you guys think about Petey and all the stuff that's going on with him? And... Oh, you knew that Petey was not logged for this. I mean, yeah. I well, once he started having the side effects, yeah. It's like, yeah, that was that was crazy. But oh that my was... god, she went drilling in his head for that. What thing. was that about? They wanted she to retrieve to the, the chip. The... Yeah. yeah. So but she's what's in the. Well, I don't know what's in the chip. I don't know what it does. None of us. We don't know anything. That's the thing. They haven't. Although you know, when she when she showed the chip to her her second in command milchick oh um, boy that guy she, cre- that he, he so creeps creepy. me out beyond <laughs> words but um when she showed it to him they she, he basically he she said this is Petey. not not this is from Petey. this, no, this is, is Petey. right yeah. oh good so point i have this feeling that you know whatever it is and because they were so desperate to get it back i think it's more than just like priority you know uh uh what what am what am I thinking of the, the technological priority? Um, it's more that there's information in there. There's like you know mm-hmm. whatever was in his head has been recorded inside this tiny little chip, hmm. and that's what that's what they were after. So it effectively is him. It's whatever made. Yeah, him. and he was like, "Whoa, you got that? <laughs> that was good." Yeah, and then he screwed up his job. He's supposed to be reading the book and investigating it. What does he do? He leaves it laying around, mm-hmm. and then they end up finding it. Like, oh my goodness, just like, but and an office romance happens that I did not see coming. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of intrigued by it. I was like, "Huh, I did not see that one happening." But okay, let's go with that. Um, so yeah, it's got, and her, the, what is her name? Helly? Her Audi is a jerk. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was, that was horrifying, actually. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, uh, first of all, it made me wonder, as, as I have been from the beginning, you know, what kind of person would, would agree to this? Because you're essentially taking part of yourself. I mean, you, you you're out yourself may not be aware of it, but it's still you who you're, you're imprisoning them personal, you know, permanently. Yeah. And they never like, get to sleep. They never get to do anything. No. They're just and, always and, at work. And, it, and it's still you. It's just, you know, a sectioned off part of your brain. But apparently, at least from her perspective, her, her outer person, her Audi's perspective, um, this, this inner person is not even real. And the coldness with which she said, I want you to understand you're not a person right? was what? just devastating. And yeah. I, I kind of had the feeling, I mean, just because I thought, well, what if somebody said that to me? And I thought she's, she's, she's going to offer herself or she's going to at least try to offer herself by the end of this episode, because not only is she going to be in, in complete despair, but it's going to be a giant screw you to, to her outer. It's like, I'm not a person, but I can take you with me. Yeah, um, that's true. So I, I think that's I'm hoping that it's not successful because I like her. As I don't think it will be. Uh, but I, I could absolutely see that coming. And everything that's going on with with John Turturro and Christopher Walken. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Right. Amazing. 
Um, I love that. And I am so interested to see what's going on in that back room because you knew something dodgy was was going to happen with, with um, what did they call it, design and... Uh, Ocular or... I optics. forgot. It's it's optics. 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 Oh, and they said, didn't optics they say they had design. a rebellion where they went around killing everybody? Like, what the heck was that about? Like, what? Um, I mean, really, it's it, it does it does make you wonder. And but his his whole thing at the beginning was he he has a, uh, a a department consisting of only two people, himself and this woman. And then they open he opens the door and there's all these people. Right. And they're, they're, you know, doing something with these machines. The light. You know. The, what they do who knows and so i think i i can't wait to find out what what all of that is about but all of this just keeps getting creepier with every yes episode yeah and... what's really kind of heartbreaking is when um is it mark yeah is yeah. that our lead our lead yes yeah, mark yeah when he basically defends his choice because he is so overcome with grief at his wife's passing I don't see how that's going to make time pass faster. That doesn't make sense. Because he's yeah. only aware of when he's at home, but it's still the same time passing. I feel like it's going to take him twice as long because he's conscious for half the amount of time. That's that's exactly what I thought, too. I thought for him, it's actually going to take longer to heal. That's why he's still stuck. As right. When every time we see him, it's like, you know... The, he's the, just the crying. That, he's the grief, wounds are still He's grieving over... For him, it's like it had happened maybe a month ago, and yet he's lived all this, this additional time, but that not he's from not, his perspective. Exactly. I, I was like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. I think, I mean, in, in, this, in the throes of grief, I could see him making this completely crazy decision. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely backfiring. And I think Petey, obviously, whatever compelled him to do it, he suddenly realized it was this was a bad thing to do and tried to get out of it and it did not work out so well. <laughs> um, but I I'm interested because we know so little about the other characters. I really want to learn more about their backstories and what would compel them to to make a choice like this. Bingo. Yeah. And what kind of corporation would prey on emotionally vulnerable people? Well, obviously, well, a very, very creepy one. I yeah. mean, everything that they do—they've—they've they've created a cult down there. Oh they, yeah. Their book, you know, their handbook is more like a Bible. They—they mm-hmm. um, the, uh, reaction when they saw the other book, the self-help book, was they had—they had just seen, you know, blasphemy from a heretic. I know, um, right? So yeah. And I, then when they have to go to the break room, the stuff that they have to say sounds biblical. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I I'm I am wondering if the the end has has really nothing to do with uh, any actual work as as we would know it in a in a you know corporate situation, but if it's one big experiment. Huh. Yeah, that would make sense because their job seems to be they collect scary numbers. Like what the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So I think we're saying thumbs up. Uh, we're oh, yeah. all excited. I cannot wait for the next episode. It's a super bizarre and creepy show. You should all definitely watch it. <laughs> all right. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook, sci-fi.radio. We not listen to iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye-bye.